Simple Life Together, Episode 17, Evernote Simplified, Part 1, and a focus on fitness. Hi, and welcome to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. Welcome back to Simple Life Together. On the last show, Dan talked about making decisions like a fighter pilot using the OODA loop, and I talked about the difference between being frugal and being plain old cheap. That was a funny that show. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed <laughs> that, was, that one. Yeah, Dan was on a roll on that show. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> so, But on today's show, Dan is going to cover part one of a two-part series, Evernote Simplified, and I'll be talking about my fitness journey and some tips to help you out if you're starting a fitness program soon. Before we jump into the topics today... We just want to say hello to any first-time listeners here. And if you're on a journey to simplify your life, then you definitely are listening to the right show. That's right. (laughs) So please let us know um, what we can do to help you lead a simpler life in the modern world. Okay, so let's get right into the topic today. How about you get started, Dan? Okay. Well, like you said, I'm going to talk about Evernote. And unless this is your first time listening to the podcast... You might know that I'm an Evernote fan. I oh, yeah. I don't hide it. <laughs> so it, Probably mentioned it, in almost every show. <laughs> right. And one of the most requested things I'm asked to talk about is Evernote. So by popular demand, my topic for this show and for next week's show is going to be Evernote. That's cool. So what I'm going to do is today I'm going to cover the basics of Evernote. And next week I want to hit some more advanced tips and some use cases. So like most things, Evernote takes a little bit of playing around with to get the full hang of it. So after this show... You can dive right into Evernote if you haven't already, and then you can send in some questions that I can cover on next week's show. Okay, that's a good idea. So based off of today's episode, they can go ahead and get started and then, yeah. Right. Yeah, we'll cover more advanced issues stuff. issues along the way, yeah. they can ask you. And next cool. week, we'll cover some more advanced stuff. So here's what I'm going to cover today. What is Evernote? Why I like Evernote? Some Evernote basics? Searching in Evernote? And finally, sharing in Evernote. All right, so let's get started. Sounds good. Let's do it. So what is Evernote? Well, we've all heard the saying, an elephant never forgets, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Evernote is that little square green app that you see almost everywhere with the elephant in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you hear people describe Evernote as their external brain. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, Evernote makes it easier to remember things, big and small, from your everyday life using your computer, your phone, your tablet, or even the web version. And with Evernote, you can take in info in tons of different ways, and it synchronizes across all your devices, so it's there when you need yeah, it. Yeah, that's sweet. So think of Evernote as a synchronized database of all your important information. It's there for you when you need it and how you need it. The Evernote app is free for your desktop, your devices, and so is the Evernote program itself. But you can upgrade to an Evernote premium account for $5 a month or $45 a year. And we've been premium users for about, what, four years now? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's worth every penny. But there really is very little difference between the free version and the paid versions. But we wanted to support the company, and I'll get back to that in just a minute. So some of the benefits of a premium account are increased ability to share, bigger file sizes, increased storage, some other faster functions, and I'll cover some of that later on. But honestly, if you're just a casual user, you're going to be fine on a free basic account. But if you're a power user or just want to support the company, then you'll want to upgrade to premium. So that's what Evernote is. And so now I want to talk about why I like Evernote. And the first reason is 
Ubiquitous capture. Ubiquitous what? Ubiquitous. It's this cool word to say. But uh, it's ubiquitous capture is one of the tenets of getting things done, the GTD. Oh, yeah, by David Allen. Yep. Mm-hmm. And very simply, ubiquitous capture means capturing all of your important thoughts or things to remember in a way that you can recall them when needed. You don't want to let them float around in your head where they'll likely get forgotten. You oh, want to ca- sure. capture it now, get it down before it's gone. Right. And uh, honestly, I'm not a big user of uh, GTD. But I do like ubiquitous capture, and I personally think it's a fantastic habit to cultivate if you're into information and that sort of thing like I am. So there's lots of ways to get information into Evernote. And here are all the major ones. You can type the text in. You can record using your voice. You can drag files into a note. You can email it to your account. Even if you take a little video, you can email that into your Evernote account. You can take pictures to get things into your account. You can scan things in with a scanner. You could use a web clipper that you can get for free from Evernote. Even use some automated ways to get things in. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that next week. I like, can I jump in here real quick? I really like um, the, the web clipper. Oh, yeah. And just because, you know, sometimes you're trying to remember that website. And it's not just the website that you want to remember. You want to remember the exact page that you went to yep. in that website. And so I find that very, very helpful. Yeah, it'll copy the URL, uh, the whole page if you want, or just a portion of the yeah, page. Yeah, it's fantastic. And That's it works on, part. they have versions for every browser. So it's really Great. cool. So the next reason I really like Evernote is Evernote strives to be a 100-year company. And, you know, a lot of tech companies and their products, they come and go. You know, many like to bring a product to the market and then sell it for the big yeah, bucks. Yeah, it seems big. You know, and then what happens with all the information you put in there? Well, Evernote plans to be a 100-year company and make a difference in the world. And I personally heard this directly from the CEO, Phil Libin, when I was at the Evernote Trunk Conference in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I believe them. Everybody I talked to when I was there at Evernote was fantastic, and and they were all so motivated about the product. That's cool. And that's probably why there's a great community around Evernote, the whole product line. And I'll put links for these in the show notes, but there's the Evernote Life community on Google+. There's the Evernote blog. The Evernote, uh, Evernote has their own community, actually, on their, on their site. And they even have a podcast on iTunes, which personally, I think is hilarious. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, what kind of geek listens to a podcast about, <laughs> Tech, you know, yeah, about no specific Evernote? Program. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's me. But it's really a funny podcast. So, And the other thing is, a lot of people ask me about security concerns, putting your that's information the first in thing, there. That's yeah, yeah. my clients ask about, too. And uh, when we put everything in there. We put our tax returns, all our bills, everything is, mm-hmm. goes into Evernote. And we trust it that much. But, you know, your mileage may vary. It depends on your level of comfort with that. Definitely. But they do have an article called The Three Laws of Data Protection. And I'm going to cover some snippets out of that real quick because uh, it may answer a lot of your questions regarding security of your data. The first thing that they mention, their first law is your data is yours. They say, we do not own your data. Putting notes or other content into Evernote does not change its ownership or copyright status. If the data was yours to begin with, it remains yours after you put it into Evernote. That's nice. A lot of companies don't do that. A lot of websites and stuff like that. Or Yeah. And, and that's, that's a huge thing for me. And the second thing is your data is protected. It's private by default, not like Facebook. You know how you got to go in and make things private in right. Facebook? They're, they're by default. They're public. Right. Not with Evernote. Everything is private by default. They say we never look at it, analyze it, share it, or use it to target ads, data mine it, etc. That is awesome. Our business model does not depend on monetizing your data in any way. Rather, mm-hmm. it depends on building trust and providing a great service that more and more people choose to pay for. Geez, I'm sold right there. If I was new to Evernote, I'd be <laughs> yeah. sold just with that. Uh, they also have multiple redundant servers. So, you know, one server goes down with your information. It's, mm-hmm. it's not available on another one. I had my, my Evernote database on my laptop corrupted just, what, two weeks ago, and I had to totally replace it. I didn't lose a thing. Everything oh, was perfectly backed up. Oh, that's really up. cool. I forgot and, that. Yeah, yeah. And, their, and their support was fantastic. 
they also have physical and virtual safeguards in place too. You know, I mean, it's in a guarded facility and, and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So the last reason of the last of the three laws was your data is portable. There is no data lock in Evernote. It says we are committed to making it easy for you to get all of your data into and out of Evernote at any time. And that's the problem with a lot of other services. Mm-hmm. You can get it in. It's like Roach Motel, you know, Roaches check in and check out. <laughs> you know, it's like that with your right. info, right? <laughs> Oh, geez. <laughs> so, so now you know what Evernote is and a little bit about why I like it. So what I'm going to cover today, this is kind of the meat and potatoes of today. Um, I'm going to cover uh, just the basics. And I'm going to talk about the three building blocks initially of Evernote. Okay. And the first one is notes. Everything in Evernote centers around notes, which we get into Evernote, as I mentioned earlier, by typing text, recording your voice, dragging in files, emailing it to your account, taking pictures, again, scanning. All those things are considered a note. Right. All those things can are ways to get into a a note. note. Right. Right. So that's notes. Then you have notebooks. And just like when you were in school, you would take notes and you typically had different notebooks for each subject or class, right? So it's the same with Evernote. You can have lots of different notebooks and name them whatever subject that you want. So you can actually, you can have up to 250 notebooks oh, in Evernote. Geez. I don't know why anybody would want that many, but I don't you, know you could. I don't think I even studied that many topics throughout my <laughs> <Right>. education. <laughs> so, and, cool. and so we have notes and notebooks. And the last one as one of the basic building blocks is called tags. And some people get kind of confused around tags, but tags are simply additional descriptors that you can use to to make your information incredibly flexible. So if you think about it in the physical world, we grew up using file trees. So think of physical notes or documents organized in a filing cabinet, right? Mm-hmm. So the note or document is kept in a folder, and the folder's labeled either by subject or relationship or whatever. So if you have a note or a document that deals with car insurance... You have to decide how you're going to file that, right? Yeah. Do, do I file that under car? Do I file that under insurance? Mm-hmm. When I want to retrieve it, right. how do I remember which one I used? Or do I make two copies and put one in car and the other in insurance? You see the dilemma. Oh, I deal with this all the time with my clients. It's yeah. like, well, what do I name it? You know. And so with tags, which are digital, you can tag you can tag that note car. You could tag it insurance, bill, policy, whatever, and all of those tags remain on one note. So there's yeah. no separate copies. Right. It's all with one note, and it can exist in lots of different places. That's cool. Yep. So when we evolved from physical filing, like with filing cabinets, over to digital filing, a lot of people just stayed with the file trees method. So when they filed a document that they and they needed another copy in the digital world, what did they do? They, they made, made the same made, type. Right. They copied a file, yeah. made another file. Right. So what happens? You get digital clutter, redundant files, mm-hmm. the opportunity for like conflicting files. And if you did try to update them all, there's duplication of effort for updating. Well, ta- yeah, yeah. Tagging eliminates all of that. So it's, that's the superpower of tagging. And we'll talk about how to kind of use that superpower here in a minute. So to recap the basic building blocks of Evernote, uh, I'm going to kind of borrow an analogy from Brandon Collins' book, The Evernote Bible, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So picture a town as being like your entire Evernote database. Well, towns have lots of houses, right? And each house has people that are grouped typically by family. So think of houses as your notebooks. Okay. All right? Well, houses are for people, usually related, but each one unique. So people are like notes. notes. Okay, I'm tracking. Each person in that house has different relationships. You know, people they go to school with, friends they hang out with, you know, just different relationships, people they know on the internet. So one person can have lots of different relationships, but there's still only one person, right? Right. Well, the same goes for notes. 
It's just one note, but it too can have lots of different relationships. So relationships are like tags. So you can have up to 100,000 different relationships or tags in Evernote. That should be enough. (laughs) Hopefully you don't run out. So those are the basic building blocks of Evernote, and they cover most of what you need to know about capturing information, getting it into Evernote, and then giving it some simple organization. So now let's explore some ways to recall the information that you have. I'm going to talk about some basic stuff today and some more advanced stuff next week. Sound good? Sounds good. So the first thing we're going to talk about is searching. So let's start off with how you search in Evernote. Well, for a basic search in Evernote, you just type what you're searching for into the search bar. Not, not too tough, right? Just like doing... Like Google. Like Google, mm-hmm. exactly. And by the way, we, we talked way back in episode two about uh, how to get the most out of your search in Google. Remember that episode? Yeah. I've got a lot of feedback on that, actually, from um, other listeners and stuff. Yeah, they love it. Good. Yeah. Well, you can do a lot of those exact same types of searches in Evernote, too. This way, it'll narrow down your search results significantly. So just like in Google, if you put your search in quotation marks, then Evernote will do a search to match that exact phrase. Nice. Same as Google, mm-hmm. right? And again, like we talked about in episode two, uh, remember we talked about those things called operators to narrow your search? I remember that. I kind of, it's kind of vague. I forget. Yeah. I don't use a lot of uh, operators, but like say if you wanted to, you're looking for a note that has um, movie in the title, there's an operator in title that you can use in title and then movie. But and, you write in title? Yeah. Movie. And you know oh, what? Okay, gotcha. I don't use yeah. these a lot, but if for somebody who has thousands and thousands of notes, and I have thousands and thousands of notes, but I don't, <laughs> yeah, but I don't do. use these. But I'm going to link to an Evernote cheat sheet that has all these different operators listed, just in case you want to incorporate them into your search habits, okay? Ooh, I need to download that. So, yeah. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll make sure it's in the show notes. Earlier, I mentioned taking pictures with Evernote's mobile app, right? And uh, another thing you can do is drag pictures. If you're working on the desktop version, drag those. That's so cool. I forget about that. Yeah. Well, the awesome thing about it is Evernote uses uh, optical character recognition or OCR. So it makes the text in your photos searchable. And OCR works with handwritten notes too. So, I mean, how cool is that? So does that have to be a digital document? It actually can be like... Just a, a label photo. or something? Yes. Just a photo? You, you oh, my gosh. take a picture of a sign, and it will scan that, and that's, it'll read the text out of it. That's super cool. So let's say you take a picture with Evernote of a great wine that you had with dinner at your favorite mm-hmm. restaurant. Once you snap that picture into Evernote, it's going to sync with the Evernote servers, be processed for OCR, optical character recognition, and then the text will actually become searchable. Oh, that's so sweet. So later on, depending on how you named and tagged that note, you can search for it by name of wine, the date the wine in the wine if you listed wine in the tag if you listed wine in the subject any text that you remember on the label the you know the company that made the wine you know the or the name of the wine like cabernet sauvignon exactly the type of wine yeah <laughs> without a doubt so you can even view your note by location say you just couldn't find it with any of those you didn't you didn't tag it well or anything um but you do remember you had it at guido's italian restaurant right <laughs> right so you know where guido's italian restaurant is so in evernote you can look in the Atlas view on the desktop version of Evernote, and it'll actually show you a physical map of where you made your notes. Oh, wow. Or if you're on the, the mobile version, you can look in, the, it's called the Places view. I don't know why they named them two different things, but yeah, they're awesome. both location uh, things. So if you have your location services, uh, Evernote's approved in your location services and your um, settings, it's going to show you exactly where the note was made. So yeah. it's another way to That's find nice. it in Evernote. I think I've, I remember you telling me about that, but I, I've never used it. See, I've used it for when we go to check on the rental property in Florida. Ah, oh, You know, cool. so the notes that are from there. That's great. All right, so let me sum up search this way. 
The basic search functions in Evernote are terrific, but if you add a little bit of information during the capture phase, search is going to become a whole lot easier. And that's really why you're using Evernote, right? So you can recall the information and not just hoard it all into one place. So what I mean by this is, you know, put some tags in there, title your note well. And here's an example. For our son's uh, shot records for his Boy Scout physical, I scanned that. Actually, I just took a picture with the phone and then I titled it with our son's name and uh, shots, inoculations, and immunizations. Mm -hmm. So if I search for any of those later on down the road, it's going to pop up. Yeah, that's smart. So isn't that awesome? That's smart, yeah. All right, so let's move on to our final area of the topic for today, and that's sharing. Sometimes information is just too good to hold on to, and you got to share it. Well, with Evernote, you have lots of options for sharing. So you can share by individual note, You know, say you have some information in a note and you want to share that with somebody, you can share that one individual note with them. Or like you and I do, we share a lot of notebooks, our bills, our uh, medical medical taxes, taxes, all those. Mm -hmm. Those are shared notebooks that I can add to, you can add to, and we can both see them. and, And we have it set so you can both edit them. But by far, probably the most popular is sharing just by note. And you can do that uh, a couple of different ways. You can just share that note uh, one time via a link, or you can email it to somebody, or you can even share it on social networks. So right on the top right of your screen when you're working on the desktop version of Evernote, there's an arrow that lets you share your note and which method you want to use to share it. So you could share to Facebook, share to Twitter, um, email, or send Mm -hmm. a link. So it really couldn't be easier. It's so easy. And you can also, like I said, share entire notebooks. You can share them with one person, many people. Or you can even make it public. But one thing that I want to caution you on is everyone that you share a notebook with will have access to all the notes in the notebook now and any notes that you add later. So just make sure that, you know, it's... Oh, that notebook, yeah. Right, it's a public notebook. Now, I uh, am a member of a couple of public notebooks. One of them is a how to use Evernote notebook that somebody... You are somebody posted. I know. That's that's what I do. But... (laughs) So you don't have to. I'm like a scrubbing bubble. I do appreciate I work hard, that. so you don't have to. I do appreciate right. that. Thank you. So you can also limit what people can do with notes and notebooks. You can set it to view only or allow editing. And hey, if you don't want to share it anymore, you know, say you know down the road, you say, I'm going to stop sharing it. All you have to do is click stop sharing, and it'll stop sharing. That's cool. You know, this all kind of reminds me of um, Google Docs in a way. Well, it does. And, and that's the one thing people who don't know about Evernote, they say, well, what's the difference between Google Docs and Dropbox and Evernote. Is and it called a Google, Google Drive? Google actually? Drive. Okay. No, yeah. Google so, Docs, Google so, Drive, same thing. Yeah, so what's the difference between those? Right. Well, the big thing, they, they all do some things very well. Right. They all store your information. They all allow you to share. And search. Now, uh, Google Drive or Docs is, is better for collaboration, like we use when we're, when we're doing the show here. Uh-huh. Uh, but Evernote, what it absolutely excels at is that ubiquitous capture. Right. So you can't use Google Drive or Dropbox to take a picture of something. Right. You know, or so it, you, you can't capture that. It's great right, for storage right. and sharing, but not capture. Right. Okay. Very That's cool. a good question. So I wanted to kind of uh, adopt another analogy from uh, Brandon Collins' book. So I want you to think of today's episode like your car's owner's manual. It tells you a lot about your car, but doesn't necessarily teach you how to drive it. (laughs) Well, next week's show is going to cover the how to drive Evernote lessons. And we'll even talk about some cool stuff to kind of up your productivity and we'll have you drive an Evernote like it's a Formula One. Very cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Damn dirty about what it's all about. I love that. And um, 
But like, but like I said, if you want to try out Evernote, the free version, and then, you know, you have some questions, drop down a line. He's, yeah, I, absolutely. I'd love to know if you have questions about it between now and next week, leave a comment in the comments, um, use the voicemail option, or just uh, send me an email from the website. Sweet. And I'll, I'll address it next week. All right. So, babe, what's, uh, what do you got for us this week? Well, you know, we frequently talk about the five important pillars in our lives. That's family, faith, finances, fitness, and future. And we also talk about how we try to make sure we stay focused on each of those as we make decisions in our day-to-day lives. Right. Well, I remember briefly talking about my fitness journey back in episode five. Um, Part of that was the one secret to accomplishing anything. But I thought that I would go into a little more detail about my journey and how I continue to make it an important part of my life. I'd like to share with you my struggles, um, reasons for staying fit, and give you some tips on what worked for me that you may find helpful if you want to make fitness part of your life too. Sounds great. Okay. So, I mean, because that's kind of what we're about here is kind of, you know, sharing our ideas and our struggles and whatnot to kind focus of live. Focus on what's yeah, important. Focus on yep. what's important. And fitness is an important part of, like I said, a part of our lives. So my fitness journey probably st- officially started in January of 2001. But of course, I have a backstory. Who doesn't? Yep. <laughs> so of kind of how I got to that point. You know, when I was growing up, I had a pretty active lifestyle. My siblings and I almost always played outside. My family went camping a lot and we really enjoyed the outdoors. We were always exploring or go horseback riding when we went to visit family. We'd hike and fishing and all that stuff. So it was just a lot of fun. We were always active and we were outdoors. And I also got involved in sports, um, probably starting in the sixth grade. I think I was about 11 or 12 years old. And I continued sports in high school where I played varsity basically from freshman year to senior year. So I was basically... You're a jock. Yeah, and I and I played all year round, you know, yeah. or throughout the school year. So yeah, I was a jock. <laughs> <laughs> I was a smart jock though. <laughs> so... Um, you know, that was all great and, and working out until at the end of my senior year, when my knees started to give out and they started giving me a little bit of issues, um, I decided not to, to run track uh, or finish out the season. And let's just say I gained my freshman 15 a little early. A little early. Got a head start on that. Got huh? a head start, you know. <laughs> so, But, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. But over the course of the next four years, I gained another 10 pounds or more. It didn't really bother me too much because I didn't look too overweight and I was still kind of kicking butt on my Air Force ROTC fitness test and stuff. And I was one of the top female performers, you know, as far as um, athletics and and whatnot. So my weight really wasn't holding me back. It wasn't until I got on active duty in the Air Force that really kind of I started this kind of this downward spiral with my weight. Right. Um, you know, reality kind of slapped me in the face. You know, I was all of a sudden here I was just fresh out of college and I was in charge of all these folks and had a ton of responsibility. I worked long hours. I slept little and ate terribly. Fitness was really the last thing on my mind. So over the course of the next four years on active duty, I slowly but steadily gained the weight to where I was about 40 pounds heavier than I, um, than when I graduated from high school. That happens, especially when you're you know, you don't budget your time for it. No, you don't. And you're just, uh, just work, work, it creeps work. creeps up on you. Now, maybe 40 plus pounds doesn't sound like that much. Um, but the bigger issue for me was that I was terribly unhappy. I was stressed out. I was moody, borderline depressed, and definitely did not feel good about how I looked or felt. Um, it was like I was completely uncomfortable in my own skin. I mean, it was just, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, I never felt comfortable when I was out. I never felt good. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, my fitness scores, although they were still good, were drastically declining. And worse, I was over my weight standards in the Air Force. Yeah. I, th- I think I was over my max weight for a few years, actually. But thankfully, I was able to kind of barely inch by <laughs> on my body tape oh, yeah, measurements. Tape, tape test. Yeah. yeah. So the women get taped, you know, neck, waist, and, and hips. And because I had a thick neck, <laughs> smaller waist, it kind of worked out for me. My hips were kind of big, but 
<laughs> anyway. She's got that sick neck going on, right? <laughs> Jeez. What up, so, thick neck? <laughs> no redneck, just a thick neck. <laughs> so basically, I was I was definitely living an unhealthy lifestyle, and I certainly wasn't setting the example for my troops as their leader because fitness and weight standards are pretty important in the military. Oh, yeah, they are. Yep. Well, just when things were starting to kind of spiral out of control as far as my self-esteem and dissatisfaction at work, I got lucky. And I got deployed to Saudi Arabia in January 2001. <laughs> Whoopee! Yeah, yeah, lucky, huh? Yeah, most folks probably wouldn't think that's luck, but, uh, <laughs> you know, getting deployed to the Middle East and all. But, anywho, um, there wasn't much to do there but work and work out. And just one day, a troop of mine asked if I wanted to be her workout partner. And I was like, um, yeah, why not? <laughs> what, have I, what have I got to lose except some weight, right? <laughs> well, let me just say, um, it was the best thing that happened to me. I started working out. And I lost 20 pounds in three months. Wow. Yeah, that was quite a bit. And the funny thing was, I was having fun doing it. It was awesome. I was just, I just got so addicted to it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was on that deployment for four months. And when I got back, I continued to lose the extra 20 pounds over the next eight months. So really in a year, I lost that 40 pounds. And I just, I got addicted and there was just really no turning back. I loved the way I felt, how comfortable my clothes were, how much easier it was to concentrate and to do productive, you know, and to be productive at work. Plus, I was absolutely fascinated by how I could transform my own body. Because for years, I thought there was nothing I could do about it. In my mind, I was a victim of faulty genetics and, and poor circumstance. Yeah. So 12 years, five dress sizes smaller, two full marathons, five half marathons, several team sports competitions, and many Jews fast later, <laughs> <laughs> I've kept it off. Of course, minus that little period where I was kind of pregnant and... Yeah. yeah, well, I guess that's kind of an excuse. I got an excuse. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> well, so there is no doubt that fitness is part of my life and will continue to be. And you dropped that weight in about four months after. Oh, I did. Day, yeah, I gained 35 and dropped it in born. four. Yep. Italian. Girls got skills, <laughs> determination. <laughs> so, um, well, it's kind of like debt. When you're there and you get out of it, you never want to go back. Yeah. That was the same. That was yeah. my mentality. I never want to go back. And actually, honestly, just a side note here, I lost that weight because I was fit. It was, they say that it's a lot easier for you to lose weight um, after pregnancy if you're fit before the oh, pregnancy. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yep. So now over the years, I've had friends and acquaintances ask me how I did it and what the secret to my success was. I realized that the secret to my success wasn't just one thing or one secret ingredient. It was really a combination of things that helped me. So I thought that I would share with you the things that helped me, and maybe they can help you too. Very cool. All right. All right. So the first thing, I decided right from the beginning that it was a lifestyle change, not a quick fix. Right. I set forth to make it part of my everyday life, just like showering and brushing my teeth. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this mindset, um, I believe, really had the greatest impact on my success. I don't know why at that very time and at that very place, stuck in who knows where Saudi Arabia... Which is better than that place in Egypt thing. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I made that decision because honestly, I was always like this instant gratification, quick fix gal before. And, but I, like I said, I decided to make a lifestyle change and it stuck because, you know, committing to a lifestyle change works way better than quick fixes because they just don't last. Right. Now, the second thing is I didn't expect instant results and I decided to be patient. Again, very hard for me because I'm a pretty impatient person at times. Stop looking at me like that. Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I actually, um, I didn't get on the scale for a whole month. That's I, awesome. Yeah, right. I just, I'm like, I'm going to ignore it. And I don't know why, because I used to be obsessed with it. But yeah. I was like, I, and I have no idea. No one told me not to do that. I just didn't do it. 
So anyway, um, I just stuck with the program. And when I noticed that my clothes were getting loose, I decided to weigh myself. That's when and you know. That's, I was yeah. happy. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you are starting a program, it's best to be realistic about your goals. Losing weight steadily over the course of several months is is better than losing just a few and giving up because you weren't losing fast enough. Yeah, that's a yo-yo thing that a lot of people make that mistake on. And they come back and they're, they actually gain more weight than they lost. Oh, yeah, it's a lot worse usually. Yep. Ask me how I know. (laughs) (laughs) The third thing is I stopped playing the victim. I kind of alluded to that earlier. I decided not to feel sorry for myself. Just because everyone else in my family was either petite or tall and thin, I couldn't blame them for my short muscular physique. I also stopped making excuses why I couldn't work out. I decided I was in control of my body, my circumstances, and my time. Very cool. Taking responsibility. It was kind of mature of me. Crazy. Very very much so. (laughs) And the fourth thing is I embraced the body and gifts that were given to me. I viewed my body differently. First, I figured that if I wanted to live a healthier, longer life, I needed to start taking better care of myself by eating healthier and exercising. I also viewed my body differently in that I stopped comparing it to everyone else's. So plain and simple. So those are really, those are the mental shifts that I made that helped me on my fitness journey. Now I'm going to talk about some additional things that work for me specifically about my fitness, and they may or may not work for you because everyone has different needs and different ways of getting things done. But I just thought that I would share them. These were things that really helped me out. Okay. One, I created a routine. Oh no. I know. Routines Routines again. I am the routine gal. I'm telling you, you got to have a routine. You got to have a plan, you know? So, you know, creating a routine was critical in keeping me on track with staying fit. It's one thing to say that you want to work out more, but how exactly are you going to do that? And what frequency... And to make what type of a difference, you know? So you could say, hey, I'm going to work out more. And if you never worked out in a year and then you decide to work out only once a month, probably not going to be that effective right. for you. So, you know, you got to figure out the frequency and everything. But what I did is basically I just, I created a schedule and I was, I personally used Google calendars. I created a schedule so I know exactly what I was doing on each day. Number two, I took baby steps. It was one thing at a time. First, I started to do weights and then a little bit of cardio then a little bit more cardio, and then I focused on my diet. Um, and I don't know why I focused on the diet last. It was just because that was, to me, I think diet's the, probably the hardest thing. Yeah. <laughs> I still struggle with that today, to be honest with you. Um, but you know what? I'm sure that if I tried doing all those things at once, it would have been um, way too much to handle. Yeah, that's good. You're right. Take it in baby steps. Three, I ate more meals with slightly smaller portions and healthier options. I actually ate three times a day with a few snacks instead of only one time late at night. I mean, that was horrible. I, used to, I did that for years. Well, it, you know, working a weird military schedule kind of does that to you. Yeah. It messes was, you up. A lot of times we did shift work and whatnot. And that was tough. But, you know, I also started to choose healthier options like grilled versus fried, fresh salad instead of cooked veggies, you know, and then less salad dressings, mayos, butters, syrups, and all that good stuff. Right. Stuff you probably heard, but it really helped. It really did in the long run. It helped. Number four, I embraced weight training. Instead of getting bulky, I actually lost weight. And even when I stopped losing weight, I started losing inches in dress sizes. It's true what they say, muscle weighs more than fat because it's denser and tighter. The amazing thing about weight training is that it helps build lean muscle, which in turn helps burn calories and fat. It like It's like it burns, burns while you sleep. There you go. Yep. <laughs> That's nice. It's like passive income. You make it while you sleep. That's right. You know? <laughs> uh, number five, I realized cardio is good. Real good. (laughs) Yeah. After about a month of getting the weight training routine down, I decided to step it up a notch and incorporate cardio. So I started walking on a treadmill and then and then a stair climber and eventually started running. Cardio is great for keeping the heart strong and and the blood pressure under control and a whole slew of other things. So it was just awesome. Number six, I had an accountability partner. I don't know what I would have done or where I'd be today without that troop if she wasn't my workout partner. 
when you have someone else that depends on you, you don't want to let them down and you tend to be more committed to your goals. That's just kind of how yeah. it goes, right? A lot of things. Accountability is a biggie. Yeah, you just really don't want to let those folks down. Have you ever talked to that troop? I've tried. Yeah? I've tried. I looked, I looked for her and I can't find her like on Facebook or anywhere. Imagine so. what that would be like to tell her what the difference that she's made. Yeah, it was awesome. So number seven, I varied my workout routines. You know, I learned early on that if I changed my workout routines, my body would respond faster to, to losing weight or at least maintaining it. So I would change up my cardio by doing different types of cardio exercises like step, aerobics, swimming, biking, inline skating, and things like that. Um, or even training for marathons, running and training for that. That actually can really impact your body. <laughs> some good, some bad. <laughs> so, and I also tried different strength training routines. You know, I would do total body workouts two, three days per week or fast circuit training type things. So yeah. you've also done uh, P90X like twice, haven't you? That is really, two cycles? yes. And that's yeah. actually a very good program for a home program. It's really good. Awesome. Uh, number eight, I still allowed myself to enjoy the good or really the bad foods. <laughs> All right, so the, the bad junky foods every now, every now and again. I didn't deny myself cheat days um, to eat greasy burgers, fries, and shakes. It, you know, it was all about portion control and frequency. Yeah, and that's cool. A lot of plans have that cheat day that, that helps people out a lot. Yeah. Body for Life has that. I know Tim Ferriss's for our body does too. Yeah, it's motivating and sometimes scientific stuff to back it up. So yeah. cool. Okay, so those were things that, you know, that helped me specifically and could probably help you. There's some other things I wanted to kind of mention that may help you as well to kind of keep you motivated and uh, to maintain this lifestyle and have a lot of fun. Well, let's hear them. So you can join a group, whether it could be a running group or a workout group or whatever. I personally ran with a running group before my first marathon, and it was great to really have that peer support and accountability. Uh, you can join a gym. Um, you know, gyms can be a little intimidating at first if you're not familiar with the equipment, but they've got plenty of staff that can help you out. All the equipment's there. You don't have to worry about having it in your own home. It's just, it's all easy. And, and a lot of gyms have different other types of workout programs and, and things that you can do with them. And so it's just a lot of fun. Experiment with different meal plans. I experimented with different options. Like I ate vegetarian for about six months, yeah. um, even did gluten-free for about two months, and I've been juicing for over a year now. We've been loving the juicing. The thing, juicing yeah. is fantastic. It's awesome. We're doing a juice fast right now. As a matter of, yes, right. We're on a juice fast right now, three or four days. Yeah. It's great. So each has its pros and cons, but luckily I've been able to adopt concepts of each to figure out what works best for me. That's cool. Yeah. All these things are kind of individual. Challenge yourself. Try to do a competition or a race. I personally did this. I challenged myself by running marathons. I always liked the idea, and so I so I did that. Um, because for me, it's easier to stay committed to something if there's a goal or a challenge involved. Yeah. And not just the weight loss goal. I know that's a big one, too. But I want to see how, you know, if my strength can take me so far and push me. So. And what do you do when you kind of feel like you've been slacking on your workouts? What, what, what do you, what's your, what do you do? I get crappy. <laughs> no, you sign up for a half marathon. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. You, you make yourself, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I, I know do. what I'll do. I'm like, oh, I'm starting to feel you know, really kind of crappy about myself. I'm going to go sign up for half I'm marathon. I'm going to go do 13.1 miles. Yeah, why not? Yep. Come on. Everybody's doing it, right? <laughs> um, another thing that you can do to make it fun is get your kids involved. You know, Instead of saying that like I couldn't work out because I was watching my daughter, I decided to incorporate her into my routines. I got a running stroller. At, when she was six months old, I hit the, hit the road with her. It was awesome. Um, and I used that actually for about three or four years. I also had a bike trailer when I used to tow her behind me, um, and then a little bike seat eventually where she was in front of me, which yeah. she absolutely loved. So it's kind of a win-win for both of you. You know, you get you get outdoors, and so does your kids, yeah. and you're spending yeah, time together, and stuff. you're working out, and you're setting a good example. Yep. So it's a good thing. Now, something that you can do to make things easier, too, is to kind of prep your clothes and your gear the night before. 
But for me, no matter if I was headed to a gym or even if I was just working out from home, I always laid out my fitness clothes for the morning. You know, and if I was going to the gym, I had all my gear ready to go because it's no fun stumbling around for that stuff in the dark when you're still trying to wake up. This sounds like one of your nightly routines. Uh Uh-huh. It sure does. Posts. Yeah. Another thing that you can do is you can use different apps. Um, I use MyFitnessPal to track workouts and meals and and the calories that I burn. That's kind of cool to kind of see how you can count down the calories. We learned about that one from uh, John Buchanis over at Let's Reverse Obesity. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And I think even the girls from Mommy's Mommy's Cocktail Cocktail Hour Hour had mentioned it too. too, So I was like, see, this is good stuff. I also use the Nike Plus app to track track and map my runs. So it kind of gives me an idea of how far I've gone. And it gives me an overall, like right now, I started using this over a year ago and I've got probably... 800 miles on it. Wow. I like that it tells me when I hit each mile on my run, and then you can also, at the end of your run, you can post it to Facebook. So it's kind of kind of a virtual accountability, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, partner. I also like iTunes because it's great for listening to your music, your audiobooks, and of course, podcasts during course. workouts. So that's, that's the that's podcast great. app. Mm-hmm. So, yep. And there's also programs out there that kind of help you with like setting your, your tempo, your pace. Um, by playing they music with a specific the beats, beats per minute. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yep. I think you first told me about that, and I I've used that before when I was training for right. different uh, marathons and stuff. And one I use for safety to track you is Google Latitude, so I know where you're running on the course, and that's a good tip. Somebody should always know where you're running and that's good. All that stuff. So. Well, talking about safety, that's always good. And I also have road ID. <laughs> you have your mace. I have mace. Your knife. I carry a, a small little knife in yeah. the palm of my hand when I'm running, yeah. and then. Um, a small concealed um, submachine gun. What? Well, a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> a flamethrower and. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no. You're crazy. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> and the last thing um, that could help is just creating that fitness calendar. I, I kind of talked about that a little bit earlier, but, um, you know. Whether you're training for a marathon or just trying to keep up with your regular strength training or cardio routine, just put it on your calendar. It's going to keep you accountable. Because for me, if I have it on the calendar, I'm treating it like an event and I can't miss it. Yeah. So You have like eight different calendars for things. All (laughs) synchronized. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I do. So I know this isn't really earth-shattering information, but I know I find inspiration through other people's experiences and thought that maybe I should share mine with you. People I meet today have no idea that I ever struggled with my weight. They can't even fathom that I did. Once they learn about it or see those crazy pictures, <laughs> they're instantly interested in, in learning how I got fit and, and lost the weight and kept it off. And so they kind of want to know. So, But just before I wrap up here, just I know I share all this information and it sounds like I'm like this crazy uber fit gal. I am pretty fit, but I'm not like... I'm definitely not fat free. I'm not anything that you would see in a fitness, you know, magazine. Just bottom line is that I know that I am definitely better now than I was then and both physically and mentally. So cool. You know, and I think most people care about their fitness and and their health, uh, but they just make it, you know, they struggle making it a priority. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's all about defining what's important to you and, and taking those baby steps to make it a priority. Almost anything is possible if you put forth the effort. So forget the quick fix and think long-term sustainability with your lifestyle of fitness. And um, that's where you experience success. So that's cool. That's my that's my fitness journey. That's awesome. Very inspiring story. Thanks. I didn't even know you when you were No, you're like a lucky that. boy. I, 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 who doesn't know that? All right. Well, just a reminder that the Edit and Forget It Challenge is going strong over on the Facebook page. Yeah. And, you know, it's never too late to join the challenge. It's going on all year. So head on over to simplelifetogether.com and sign up. 
All right. So, so let's move on to the thing, thing segment. segment. Yeah. Okay, I'll go first. Great. My thing this week is meetup.com. Hmm. I was uh, looking for a meetup group about podcasting, and surprisingly, there was no meetups in San Antonio for podcasting. Hmm. It's kind of hard to believe, seventh largest city in the United States, and there's not a podcasting group. So what the heck? I figured I'd start one, right? No guts, no glory. <laughs> there you go. So, But the reason I bring it up is that meetup.com seems like a pretty cool resource. Now, I admit... I'm not a super social person, and I've never even gone to a meetup.com event, but I'm absolutely looking forward to it. So I'll let you know how things go and uh, let you know how the podcasting group works out. And uh, so that's my thing. Good on you, though. Good on you for starting that. That's awesome. I feel so big. Maybe I should join you. You can should. I, can I be your first member? You can. The meetup? Yeah. Awesome. We'll do that. Now we've got to get a babysitter. Now it's going to cost you. <laughs> Jeez. My thing is joining our local YMCA. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, like, gonna bust out in the song. Uh-huh, it's like YMCA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I even had our little do- our little girl singing that this morning. It was so funny. <laughs> I showed her the video. Did and, you you? Know, in the original video, they don't do that. Of course not. We made it up, no. huh? Okay. No. People made that up. What were we thinking? Was, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. she's she was pumped up about it too. Um, you know, when I became a stay at home mom five years ago, we stopped our gym membership to cut down on expenses. So for the last five years, I've been doing my own strength training and cardio and all that good stuff. But I've been itching to get you know to kind of change things up. So after hearing Dan's niece talk about how much she loves it with her daughter, I was like, well, let's check it out. So. I loved it right away. I was like, it's great because it has a weight room and fitness programs, has cardio, daycare. They even have like a mommy's or a parent's night out like yeah. once or twice, twice a, a month. Twice a month, I think. And it's like maybe 15 bucks for like four hours. I'm like, score. That's yeah. awesome. Frugal, not cheap. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They even have like these cool fun zones for kids, a, um, a coffee bar, free Wi-Fi, rock climbing wall, and an outdoor pool with a water slide, and just several other things. And it's only like 89 bucks for our entire family. That's two parents and I guess as many kids as you want. Yep. <laughs> it's your whole family. So we were just, we were so excited to jump on board with this. And I joined on Monday? Or was yeah, it Sunday? Monday. It was Monday. Yep. Was it Monday or Sunday? Yeah. Anyway, I joined and I've gone every day since. I'm just so excited You're about right. it. You're right. It was Sunday, but Monday was your first day. You yep. woke up and, yep. Monday, Tuesday, yep. Wednesday. I was like, yeah, love it. So that yep. is that is my thing. And what was the best thing? The best thing, or the times that we go, is that <laughs> there's like nobody there. Seriously. We went yesterday and it was just... The crickets know, again. A couple of people working there, you and me. Uh-huh. There was a, a construction worker, an Indian, a um, <laughs> a biker, and... <laughs> I don't know what, what it was. <laughs> what? And they were singing. What? <laughs> that was it. It was just us and them. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So all I guess right. it's a uh, feedback time. So we uh, we had a few things that we've gotten over the last week, and uh, you guys have been great about leaving uh, reviews in iTunes, mm-hmm. and and we hope you keep it up. It's been awesome. And this week we got uh, the first one was from Bill. Yeah, he wrote, excellent ideas. They cover the topics in a very thorough and fun way, and I get value from each new episode. It has become one of my main podcasts I enjoy when on, on my four-mile walk. Well, that's great. You, I am striving for more simplicity. I am 63 and have a lifetime of accumulation in my home. This podcast is giving me the direction and momentum. Very cool. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. And Alan, who's uh, from the U.S. but living in Korea, writes, I have been trying to live a minimal lifestyle for years, and I feel I've been fairly successful at it. I stumbled across this podcast while searching for other minimalist material. I'm happy to have this new resource for finding simple and effective techniques to creating a minimal lifestyle. 
Also, Dan and Vanessa are enjoyable to listen to. They have a natural rapport that doesn't sound forced, and it's clear that they love what they're talking about. Thank you for this podcast, and I hope to hear many more in the future. It's true. Well, I we, blame you, though. Yeah. yeah what? Because you, you make it fun. You make, That's what I do. I try to make a life fun. <laughs> it is right? fun. Thank you very much, Alan. And we got an amazing video email from Trevor. Trevor took some of my ideas of organizing a physical space and applied them to organizing his smartphone. Check so. out the big brain on Trevor. Yeah, huh? awesome. Good stuff. He also gave Dan the final nudge he needed to finally do an episode about Evernote. So thanks, Trevor. Yes, we appreciate that. Yes, and so if you fell asleep during my Evernote segment, blame Trevor. Blame Trevor. <laughs> it's his fault. But yeah, great stuff, Trevor. And what an awesome way to get noticed. You're going to go far, man. Okay, so that's it for episode 17 of Simple Life Together. Today, Dan talked about the basics of Evernote and Evernote Simplified Part 1, and I talked about my fitness journey and some tips. And my thing was meetup.com, and Vanessa's thing was discovering our local YMCA, and it kind of fit right in with her topic. Yeah, that's right. Don't forget to sign up to receive the Simple Life Guide to Building Your Website if you're looking to start a lifestyle business, and think about whether the Edit and Forget a Challenge to eliminate 2013 things from your life in 2013 is for you. And to make sure you don't miss an episode, the best thing to do is subscribe to the show. You can find us in iTunes, Stitcher, and lots of other podcast directories, or you can go to simplelifetogether.com slash RSS and subscribe there as well. Thanks again to all those who left us such great ratings and reviews. If you get some value from the show and want to show us some loving, just go over to simplelifetogether.com slash iTunes, write a couple of lines, and hit a couple of stars, and that's it. And remember, you can find all the links and info from today's show at simplelifetogether.com slash 017. Connect with us on Twitter. I'm at Get Simplified, and Dan is at Daniel Hayes. We have links to our Twitter and Google Plus profiles on the website. We'd love to get your emails, your notes, and your voicemails, so be sure to leave comments below the show notes or a voicemail on the site. Feel free to plug your show or your site, and we'll talk about it on a future episode. Or just send us an email. Either way, we'd love to hear from you. So until next time, we hope you enjoy your simple life together.